today's a pretty big day for me because I would say this is the first time I'm telling my entire story of how I got married, how I found my spouse completely. Um, I've told snippets of it before over the podcast, but today I think you're going to get the whole thing. And what I want women to know is that anyone can find love no matter their past and anyone can find the right person if you go about it the right way, according to the Quran and Sunnah. And that's what we're all about teaching women here is that you got to get out of that, like lamenting over the past or fearing the future thing. We've got you covered. And today you're going to get a snippet of, well, actually my entire story for the first time. I'm so used to saying snippets. Today it's going to be my entire story in detail. And I hope that it inspires you to find a spouse yourself or for other women that you love, that you share with them, that they too can find happiness. Thank you for joining us here on the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you twice a week, Mondays and Fridays, with things that you love to talk about. And today it is love. I don't know what it is about June, but when June kicks in, if you're in the, the colder parts of the world, and I know we're kind of like worldwide here, so some people might still have a bit of cold weather, but as things warm up in, in a lot of the countries that we serve, um, a lot of women are just, I don't know, they're looking for love. I don't know what it is. And alhamdulillah, um, we have something exciting to announce today that I think you should know. Today's the day. And then also I have something very heartfelt and inspirational kind of personal story of my journey to love. And so I thought I would share it in probably the most detail I've ever shared it before to let you know that um, there is so much ability out there and it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in your faith, where you are in like who's supporting you. Um, if you don't feel like you have that support, I know a lot of women don't, which is why we've made Mindful Muslima. I think one of the biggest things I noticed as I went all around the world, um, as you guys know, because I'm, um, I'm doing this for about 20 years with women, is just noticing the lack of confidence, the lack of clarity, the lack of support, and just feeling like they just wish they had somebody to ask really personal things that they're worried about or that they're thinking about or that they're curious about. And that's what we're here for. And that's what I'm here for. So by the way, before I jump in, you can DM me on Instagram. I would love to talk to you. If it's something longer, then I probably will end up doing a consultation. We actually recently had a bunch bunch of consultations I had to cancel. And I want to tell everybody why. So what happens is when you do a consultation with me, there's a particular form you have to fill out. And for some reason, I think women are filling it out really quick. So when they're filling out the form, they're forgetting critical information, like the way I contact you. So some of the women, like there's literally no way for me to contact them. So their um, appointments had to get canceled. So if you have an appointment and it was canceled, you're just going to have to reschedule. But what that does do for other women is that lets you know that before we had about a 60 day to 90 day wait to get a consultation. That means a whole bunch of spots opened up. And that's because we make it really clear on the form, like I said, to make sure you don't make the same mistake that you have to fill in um, the exact way we ask. It's only way we can do it. It's just like there's only so much time and ability in the day. So looking forward to connecting with all of you. But yeah, just want to let you know some spots did fill up. And then they also did open up. So every day it's on and off. Check if you want to get a consultation. Um, the link is also below in the show notes. You can DM me on Instagram to get the consultation link. It's all good. I know you have a lot going on. All right. So 
big announcement and jump into the story. Today, our Muslim Marriage Lab class opens. I know I keep saying June 21st, June 21st. Well, I don't know where you are in the world, but in New York, it is June 21st because I know some people are ahead of us or behind. So in all fairness, it's June 21st today. The class opened at 9 a.m. and there are already tons of sisters flooded in there. And inshallah, if you're catching this podcast, the class is open only for one week. Now, what happens is we only open, I'll just say this one time, we only open once a year in January for two weeks. We also do a really cool contest with women. We did it before on Facebook, but it went really well last time on Instagram. So I think we're going to keep doing it on both Instagram and Facebook for whatever platform you love. We do a little mini contest. We give away a prize worth a couple hundred dollars. Sometimes we give away, oh, I think we gave away two of them last time. Yeah, really, really good. Sometimes we'll, we'll partner with other companies and give away abeyas and things like that too. So definitely get in there when we do that in January. But right now we're having a flash opening. Like you could still participate in that even if you do the class today, no worries. But that's just a contest that we do. But um, yeah, today we're going to open it for one week from Jan- uh, June 1st to June. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm a little bit tired if I hadn't had my coffee. June 21st to June 28th. One week. Exactly. All right. So jump in there. Seats fill up really fast. And just to let you know where you're going to get in the class, you're going to get the top 15 questions to ask a potential spouse, an entire marriage plan with the four-step formula for success, answers to your questions on how to avoid all types of pain and drama, and the four major areas that every woman must know. I cannot reiterate this enough in order to find the right guy. Each component is important. And these are all based on the Quran and Sunnah. Seats fill up super fast. Love each and every one of you. But the room gets to capacity. There's only so much we could do. So do your best to get in. The link is below to the class. It is now opened. And inshallah, business ta'ala, I will see you inside. All right. So today I'm going to share my story really quick to give you a little hope and inspiration for no matter where you are in your life. So this is really personal to me because this is something I think only my family members know. Um, I had a really rough younger time because if I really am honest with myself between the ages of probably like 16 now I would say let's just go run back for a minute even from like 12 to 16 I had a really big problem with my body image I was a bit more overweight and it was just like I was never really taught you know this is back in the day before they had like YouTube and all this stuff because yeah I'm a bit older let's go I'm like your older sister right so um you know we didn't have all that information so if your mom and dad and whatever they didn't teach you they taught me basic stuff but like my parents only taught me whatever they knew and you know we knew to avoid certain like fatty meats or things like that but nobody really knew knew so my parents would buy like a whole bunch of like whatever was advertised and we'd have a bunch of stuff in the house and I was pretty shy and I didn't like was not that easy to talk to people even though I had friends I didn't really like to go out and socialize all the time my parents had jobs where I wasn't allowed to leave the house after I came home from school so I think after school I probably just like vegged out like anybody else would and like watched tv um and you know just like had snacks and I did play some sports but it really wasn't enough and I got and when I got older I did play more and my point is I had gained some weight and where where I felt really uncomfortable with myself and if you have heard my previous podcast I went through a period of time where I had some type of an eating disorder. See, back then, like I said, there was no internet the way it was now, the way it is now. So, like, I didn't understand 
anorexia, bulimia, all these things and these concepts. My parents never taught it to me. Girls at school never talked about it. They didn't teach about it in school. I literally was in the dark about all that stuff. You couldn't like Google anything back then. This was pre-1996. I'm talking, all right? I know this is a long time for like a lot of you guys. But um, yeah, so like when people had problems, it was like your problem and that was about it, right? And you thought you're the only one in the world with this problem. There was no like social group. You can't go on like a clubhouse and chat about it. You can't like, I want you to imagine like that's how the world was, right? So the point is felt really had like kind of low self-esteem, had some eating disorder, lost a bunch of weight the wrong way. And then all of a sudden, everybody wanted to be my friend. And if you've heard my um, other podcasts, you know, I mentioned how I at first I thought that was great. And then I realized, you know, that wasn't the type of attention I wanted. Um, and I realized that those people were pretty shallow to only like me now. Right. I was the same person then. So anyway, so the point is going on. I don't know what it is with me, but from a really young age, I felt like I wanted to get married young. I was not into the dating thing even before I understood Islam. Now, if you have also heard my previous podcast, I didn't know anything about how to get married the right way like literally nobody taught me my parents were not practicing islamic ways of things it was not something i was taught so what i want to tell women right now who are listening to the podcast is you can feel like your parents are not giving you the right information you could feel like nobody's giving you information they're leaving you on your own to kind of figure this stuff out or you just respect them so much and you're being respectful that you don't want to ask too many questions you don't want to upset them you kind of understand their expectations and even though you don't like or agree with all of it um you know, like, it's just the support and the conversation from the parent side isn't there. Me neither. Okay, I never had that. And that's why the first time I got married, it was a hot mess. So that's what I'm sharing today. I'm sharing a bit of my hot mess and about how me trying to figure it out on my own and do the best I could with the bits of information I could didn't really help me do the right thing and marry the right person. And so that is what ended up causing me a ton of of pain. So um, for many of you who don't know, I was married once and then I'm remarried to my husband now who is the love of my life. And if you guys know from my love story, my love podcast, it's called, I think, My Love Story. That's the way I, I titled it. You know, we can all think there's this myth that there's only one person for you. A lot of girls call me up and they think, oh, you know, I had this guy, but he's gone now. He was the one. The whole thing about the one like it's a myth. I'm sorry, guys. There's a lot of people for a lot of people. And that's just it's the entire world. So this whole idea has been sold to us by the West just for like Hollywood and stories. But that is not true. And there's nowhere in the Quran that says that we know that from marriages with the Sahaba and marriages with the Prophet, that that is not something we believe in Islam. And it's not something that's true. It's totally fictional and made up. So don't worry if there's somebody who is in your life that, you know, you feel like you lost them. And then, you know, how could I go forward? There's no one like that person. That is not true. There is just billions of people on the earth. And there's definitely another person for you. Inshallah, bismillah ta'ala. Allah kareem. Allah knows what is best for all of us. And so anyone can find love no matter what their past is. If you had like a really seedy past, where you did a lot of shady stuff, and it really like wasn't your proudest, you know, proudest moment, that's okay. There's redemption. And we know about that in Islam. And if you feel like you are just clueless about how to make decisions around love and marriage and stuff like that, that's okay too, because that's why we're here. And the reason I'm encouraging all the women to go into the class is because when you go into the class, we are now your support. If your parents don't support you, we are supporting you. And we're not going to do anything contrary to your parents. We're not going to tell you, hey, you don't need them. Listen to this. You know, we're not that type of a, of a brand. But we're here to tell you that we're just going to give you the straight up information. Um, um, 
not filtered. You know how we are. We just tell it raw like it is. And we're going to tell you exactly what the Quran and Sunnah say you need to know, you need not to do, you need to do in order to find the right spouse. And what better information is the information that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so that's literally what we're sharing. So going back to my story, I didn't have any of that. So what am I doing? I'm doing it by emotion. I'm doing it by my thoughts. Oh, you know, using my logic. I'm a pretty smart girl. You know, I ended up, I, I started in high school, what I thought was the person that I wanted to marry, but we didn't marry or anything, went into college and I'm in college and generally I'm pursuing my degree. Now, as I'm pursuing my degree, and college was rough and I'm going to tell all the girls in, in college, I should do a whole nother podcast on college. I know COVID has changed things where everybody's like, doing college from their room, I think is the Rahmah because I went to a really good SUNY school, which is a state school in New York. Then I ended up in a private school, um, Hofstra University, if you guys know it, in Long Island. Um, and that's where I ended up getting my um, my other bachelor's and my master's and my other master's. So like, I have different degrees from there, but I did start off in a state school upstate. Tons of just gross partying done and drugs and alcohol and just like a lot of CD people hitting on you and a lot of dangerous rape situations. And so that's the only, sorry, buzzword I'll throw out. Um, but yeah, it's really, really, um, it's really rough for women, let alone Muslim women who like for the non-Muslim population, that's like maybe something totally normal, but for us, it is jarring. So for parents who don't know, it is, it is something else. And that was back then. Now it's just so much crazier as I know. So, um, yeah, so doing school from home, I know that might be like, eh, but believe me, there's a lot of haram that is, you're just missing a lot, dodging a lot of bullets, right? So alhamdulillah, so I went through college and I really wanted to get married. My parents did not want me to get married. I was marrying a person who was outside of my culture. That was unheard of in my family. And my family, you can only marry from your culture. Nobody wants you to bring anybody else into the mix. Nobody's interested. And especially if their skin is darker than yours. And that's exactly what I did. But it wasn't because I was picking somebody whose skin was darker than mine. And mind you, I'm leaving out the countries and the cultures on purpose because this is everybody's, like not everybody's, but a lot of women's stories, right? You want to do your own thing. You want to pick who you love. You want to pick somebody who you think is a good guy, but your family has something to say about where they're from. Now, Islamically, that's irrelevant. Okay, so just in case you didn't know, when they say you have to marry from back home or you have to marry from here or there, that's totally irrelevant. Nobody can can tell you that that can be forced upon you. It cannot. And that's what we're also here for women to do is to make sure they're really clear about what their rights are. Even to your parents, there's certain things they cannot force you on. And that's what we want to make sure it's really clear about. And for parents, if I'm speaking to parents right now, it's really important that you don't uh, commit a dhulm, an oppression on your child by, by telling them things that were told to you by your parents. And so we're here to clear up both sides, right? We're here on the, we're, we're here here to support the parents we're here to support the girls we want everyone to just know the quran and sunnah there's one way it's not a matter of they're right they're wrong it's just literally there's one way so if everybody knows the way there's no problem right so that's what we're here to share so um nobody taught me that way <laughs> like we just keep reiterating nobody taught me that way but you know why because my parents didn't know in all fairness nobody taught them either and so what we have to understand is just because our parents don't know doesn't mean that they're they're out to get us doesn't mean that they're you know, they're doing the best they can. They love us. They want what is best for us. So I didn't want to do anything wrong. I found someone that I thought would be a really great father. I really respected them on so many levels. And so we got married. Fast forwarding into our marriage. Um, 
that person decided that they didn't want to have a stable job. When I married them, they had three jobs. They were hustling and they didn't finish their degree. I didn't finish my degree, but we were in the middle of trying to work on these things. You know, we're going to do it together for the long haul. They seemed really responsible. They, like I said, they were working really hard. So I could tell that even though they didn't have their degree yet, they were ready and willing to put in the work. So I was like, you know, I'm really confident. This feels good. But what I didn't do is I didn't ask the right questions and I didn't go into their family and notice a lot of red flags. There were so many red flags and I'm not going to get into all of it now because I don't want to, you know, duplicate all the stuff that's going to be said in the class in terms of what types of things to look for. Um, and just there are some, by the way, there are tons of red flags, but here's the thing. I don't want you guys to live in fear. If you know the right things to talk about and ask how to read their body language and responses. And I've had, by the way, an Instagram post that I put up about like, um, you know, marriage tip, like a lot of people, they don't ask the right questions. And then sometimes people, they give me really like quick snooty responses like, well, that's not the only important thing. And I'm like, I never said that was. So that's one part of the mix. Let me just reiterate. It's not like questions is the only thing. That is one. Remember I mentioned there are four areas. And so questions actually can fall into all four of those areas. And so it depends. You have to know what to look for. You have to know what to ask. But when they respond, you need to know how to um, diagnose their response, don't we? Right? So these are things that I teach. You guys know I have an entire school, right? So I have a free class. I have an entire program. I have a lot of things. But the point is, I didn't do any of this. How about that? <laughs> right? I didn't do any of this. I was just like, oh, he seems so nice. Yeah, you know, he's responsible. I love the way he is. He would be a great father. I did like the whole like, oh, right. And so um, we got married, right? We got married 19. My parents were so mad. They were like, we're gonna, um, you know, disown you. And I was just like, I want to be married. My parents were like, no, you need to date. And I was like, I just feel like it's wrong. I don't know why, but sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he puts things inside of people. And in my heart, I just felt like that whole scene was wrong and I just wanted to be a married woman with a family and and I was a bit of a black sheep and I defied my family now there's a good and bad in what I did the good was in the end I was right Allah gave me that but I did it the wrong way and because I did it the wrong way I suffered I would say and I'm gonna I'm, I'm not joking I cannot recall a day in my entire marriage after the first month the first month it was kind of like oh you know bliss whatever Everybody's like lovey-dovey. But after the first month or two, um, I can't remember in the seven years, I think I was married or about, um, and it's shady at the end because, not shady, it's like gray because there was a lot of, you know, with the divorces back and forth. But um, I can't remember a day I didn't cry. Some days I cried till my eyes were so puffy I couldn't go in public because it was embarrassing. I remember my child, my oldest daughter at five, rubbing my back. And if you're a divorced woman, you know what I'm talking about. Rubbing my back or a woman who's going through a lot of pain in her marriage, even right now and you're married, um, saying, mommy, why are you crying? Mommy, it's okay. Do you know what it's like for a five-year-old to console you because they see you crying every day? And that's the problem with bad marriages. People don't get it. When you pick the wrong person, your tears, you cannot hide them from your child. Your sadness, they pick up on that. Children are so smart and intuitive. And so whether they're two, three, four, five, they know mommy's not okay. And if there's fighting in the house, they feel the tension. They can hear the tone of the voices. And it's really toxic for the children. And so what I want to say is that my children, 
fast forwarding into my marriage, went through so much pain, not because I was a bad person and I, I know it's, or anything. It's just, it's just the whole dynamic is not healthy for children and they're seeing it back and forth. They're seeing one person cry, the other person, and, and the other person was not negative and like yelling at me. There was no like physical abuse. There was nothing. They were, they were totally fine, but it just was, you know, there was a lot of things that I didn't see. And then I would ask them about it and they didn't feel they had to explain anything. They're like, what are you talking about? This is how we do it in my family. This is how we do it in my culture. This is how this is. This is how that is. And I thought I knew, like I had spent time with this family, but here's the thing. I didn't do the due diligence. I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't look for the right thing. So even though I was there with them and I had spent time with them and they loved me and I loved them, it didn't matter because when it came down to the wire about really important stuff, and obviously I'm not going to get into like every bit of the personal business, like, but when it came down to really important stuff, we were not on the same page. And the family was like, oh, well, you know, that's how life is, you know, like, and they, they did not back me up as a female, like, oh, he shouldn't do that. Or that's not right. They just sided with him all the time, told me I should get over it and just move on. And so here I am crying alone. And then if I go to my parents, my parents are like, well, we told you so. So what do you want from us? <laughs> I'm like, no. So there was really no support. I couldn't go to my mom. I couldn't talk to her about my feelings. I couldn't talk to her about anything marital. And then I had an issue with my own mother because my mother would talk about my marriage to all her friends. She was so upset about it that I had married without her, you know, wanting me to get married. You know, I wanted her to date. I wanted her to date and date and date a million guys. And she didn't. And she was upset. So she was always telling everybody about it. There was even a point where she was posting things on social media with friends. And I was just really disturbed by that at a certain point. So I was really upset and then I couldn't go to her. And then there was a lot of tension. There was one point even I think where we had struggled financially where we had to live with my family and that would did not go well because another cultural thing was in his culture, like you, the man didn't have to explain himself to the family. It was just like he does whatever he wants and you know it's understood that that's the choice he made and everybody should respect it. And in my culture, and you know we're actually a bit more Americanized my family. And they're just like, because, you know, in my culture, it's a bit similar. But again, my family was more Americanized. So they were just like, what is that? No, <laughs> like, this is my house. So you, that might be fine when you have your own house. But the condition of living in my own house is that you have to do whatever I say. So there was a control thing going on. So it was like a passive aggressive controlling thing where nobody was quite, um, you know, talking to each other head on, but everybody was kind of like making the other angry and never talking about it. So here I am in the middle and it was incredibly awkward. My parents are like, he's doing this. They would come to me privately and he would come to me privately like, why are your parents like this? I'm out of here. And then he didn't want to stay around the house because they're there. And so I'm just telling you, this is the real stuff that happens when you don't do the right thing or know the right information. So fast forward, um, I ended up getting divorced. I, I realized at one point that I can't do this anymore. I was worried about my children. He actually did not want to divorce me at all. He wanted to work it out. But I had, like, after it took me maybe, like, a long time to realize that this was not healthy for me. And I was not going to be a good person. It was affecting my iman. It was affecting my children. And I didn't want them to grow up in an unhealthy environment. And I made the decision to take them away. And at the time when I did it, my kids were not happy. They didn't understand. And here's something I want to say to divorce people. Um, your kids are not always going to understand when you make these types of decisions, but you know, I'm here for you guys. Um, if you ever want to talk about it, the truth is I knew it was the right decision. I had made a sikhara. I had talked to Allah. I had, I was positive and I knew 
Okay. And so I just had this feeling I can't explain. It was the right thing to do. And I went through fire for the next couple of years. Fire. I cannot explain to you the torture of the financial situation. I think I've given glimpses of it in the past podcast, all different types of things. Um, just struggling, struggling financially. I'm still trying to finish my degree because now I did my bachelor's and I'm doing my master's and daycare, the cost of that, the cost of rent, the cost of everything. My family was not the type of family I could just return to them and they'd support me. I was all on my own. And so I'm out there struggling. In the meantime, a whole bunch of guys want to talk to me. A whole bunch of guys want to marry me. I'm trying not to get distracted because I'm just focusing hard on my kids. But at the same time, I want to be married. I'm a woman. You know, this is what women want. And so at the end of the day, who do I trust now? Where do I go now? And so what I want to tell women is the reason I honestly put forth all that I do in Mindful Muslim and in our school and all this stuff is because my story is the story of so many women. And I didn't realize until I had talked to so many women how many women had that. And then what happened is I decided within that time, I got really close to Allah. I chose not to go the wrong way and get caught up in all kinds of things. And I chose, I said, you know what? I'm never going to let this happen again. I'm never going to let this happen to me again. And I'm never letting this happen to my daughters. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Change starts with me. And so I went and I learned under scholars and I learned and I had some of the best mentors and teachers and I got all the information and I studied it. And, you know, just because you have the information in your hand, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't mean you know what to do with it, but that's why you need the support, right? That's why I said what we are here for is for constant support. We are your lifeline. If you can't ask your parents these awkward questions, if you're a woman who's been divorced and your family's not supporting you, or you're somebody who in general is a revert and you don't understand how Islam kind of works. And that was the other thing. I was in the revert community and reverts didn't know how to get married. They're looking to the Egyptians, to the Pakistanis, to the Bengalis. They're going around like, guys, Moroccans. Like, And there are so many mixed messages. If you ask 10 different cultural groups how marriage works, they will give you 10 different answers. And that was not okay with me. It was so confusing. My head was spinning. When I first started looking for information, I was confused like you could not believe. But guess what? When I finally learned how easy it is to get married in Islam, how simple, but it, it's not it's not like simple like, oh, anybody can do it in two seconds, like that. But I mean like the process is so seamless and easy. We make it so complicated. Like, you don't have to have a CV, sister. You're not supposed to be, like, vetting guys with, like, Arisha and CVs and all these things. I'm not saying these things are 100% bad. I'm just saying this is not from Islam. So this is additional things our cultures have made. Looking at their profiles in terms of, like, how light their skin is or, like, you know, um, what degree they have or what region of the world they're from. We put so much emphasis on this. None of this is from Islam, right? There's entire other things that Allah is asking for us to focus on. And as we focus on these things and as our family focus on these things, we get caught into a rabbit hole that is leading us down a path that is not going to be a healthy marriage because we're already from jump going onto the wrong way of doing it. And so I need to pull women back and say, but do you know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says? And so when I learned that, I did it the right way the second time, right? And if you go to my love story with my husband, you'll hear how we met and how everything worked out. And if you join us with the class today, you're in the anyone like we have maybe at all different time slots from today until a week from now. And then we're going to do a hard close and it's going to be open again next year. But I want you to know that the information is out there. I know it. I went crawling over the Internet. It didn't exist. And if it does exist, it's in pieces. You have to watch this YouTube video, then that YouTube video. You have to check this thing on Instagram. Like, who has time for that? We put it together for women so that it's like time-saving, 
money saving. Uh, yeah, cause time is money as well. I think people don't realize that wasting your money on a marriage that's $25,000, like I did only to realize it's not going to end up well. Right. Um, and stuff like that. And then also the pain, like, I can't tell you, I lost seven years of the prime years of my life crying. And then I spent the next three years just trying to recover. That's a good decade of my life thrown away. I felt like it's, it's like going to prison for 10 years and losing life. It really, really was unnecessary. And if, I, if you have kids, you're dragging them through it. That's the other thing. That is, that is probably more painful to me, the pain that my children had to endure because ripping them away from their father and it's hard to explain, but you know, it's, it's really, really hard. And he was not open to um, doing things and compromising after even I remarried, he didn't take it well. He gave us a lot of trouble. It was it not until now, maybe like 20 years later. So I really implore women, like don't make my mistake. Don't do what I did. I hope my story has really given you a glimpse of some of the difficulties that I have, you know, endured because I didn't have anyone to help me. I didn't have the right information. And I just honestly was groping in the dark. And I don't want that for our women. And if you're a mother right now, or you're a divorced woman, or you're a woman getting married for the first time, all of us need to know this information because it is our rights. You need to know your rights as a woman. You need to educate yourself the way I educated myself when I did. So if you need me, like I said, I'm on you can DM me on Instagram. You can get a consultation. I really implore you to get the class because what I love is when women take the class and then they can talk to me about any questions they have because now they have a bit more information. Like talking to me without information is okay, but then I'm basically just going to have to defer you to getting more information most of the time because a lot of times women are just going about it the wrong way. So I have to be like, okay, rewind. Let's go back. We need to, we need to lay some foundation here before we go forward. So it's not hard. Like I said, it doesn't matter what your past is. I'm here for you. And I want you to know that I endured a lot of pain that I'm literally trying to help other women not to have. And then I want women to know that there's no reason for that pain if the information is out there. Oh my gosh, I was in the dark ages when there was no internet. So please, if it's like literally out there, you know, do the right thing. But at the same time, like, just be really careful where you get information from. I wouldn't say to scour the internet for anything. And we have vetted everything for you. And that's why we also feel really confident. You know, everything I do here. If you've listened to my podcast, you know how I am. I don't compromise. I don't compromise my identity. I don't compromise my Dean. And at the same time, um, you guys know we have been doing this for two decades with women. And so more than happy to help you as well. Join us in the class. The link's below. I will catch you guys on Monday. Inshallah, bismillah ta'ala. But um, what I would say is, oh, excuse me, next Monday is when it closes what I want to say, but I will catch you again on Friday. When I catch you again on Friday, there will only be a couple days left. So if you have any other uh, chance this week, there's multiple times, jump in and catch us inside the class with all the other women from all over the world. You're going to see it. It's just like every country you can imagine. It's so, so good. All right. Love you guys for the sake of Allah. I will talk to you inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.